Hello, y'all, and welcome to the Candy for Trees podcast. My name is Persephone Jam, and I am your host with the most this fine Thursday. Now, continuing on the theme of scheduled topics for each day of the week, Thursday is Storytime and Writing Thursday. And today I'd like to talk to y'all about a very special character of mine, Walter Marsh. So, (laughs) Walter Marsh originally made his debut in my brain in about 2017. I was riding with one of my friends back from a place called Idaho Falls, Idaho, to where my old college was, and we were talking about one of our friends and how... He would make an excellent, like, space Jesus type character. And it was amazing to, like, brainstorm this character with this friend. And this character became Walter Marsh. And so, (laughs) Walter Marsh was interesting because unlike one of my other characters, Cormand McDowell, who is also immortal... Walter Marsh is immortal, but he has to basically wait three days to respawn. So it's he kind of like pulls that whole like space Jesus thing. Whenever he dies, he just takes three days to respawn, and it's amazing. It was amazing to write him at first because like (laughs) he's this like four hundred and fifty year old grump. Who, it's like, his life is brightened by the existence of this woman named Archer Marin, who is also the recipient of a prophecy. Now, Walter Marsh is the recipient of the first prophecy in the three prophecies that make up the third prophecy series. And (laughs) Walter Marsh is, yeah, like I said, he's the recipient of the first prophecy. The son will kill the father. And true to his form, true to the prophecy, he ends up... Um, killing the God Emperor. And (laughs) he leads the rebellion to victory, question mark? And, um, so he became less of a space Jesus type over time and more of a ruthless rebellion leader. Like, he was known on this world for crushing loyalists to the Empire, and he was, he's not the best guy ever. And like, as I write, as I wrote him, he became like less mentor and more crazy. I don't know. Crazy is not the best word here. I suppose like in the words of Tara Celine in act five of Lavender and Scissors, you should probably call him by his name. Evil. He did not start off as evil, but he was always a little bit out there. And I'm sorry crazy was the first adjective that came to mind, but he was always a little bit out there. He was kind of like a, I don't want to say space cadet, because that's not the best word either. But he was just very odd, because you become a little out there yourself, I suppose, whenever you... Uh, essentially live on your own for 450 years. Yeah, he was born December 21st, 2199 on Earth. And another fun fact, Cormand McDowell was born October 14th, 1996. So canonically, he is older than me. 
So that was pretty, I thought that was pretty funny. And so he's been, he's just been here for it all and he's seen it all and he's just done. But then, like I said, he meets Archer Marin, the woman in red. They call her the woman in red because there's a second prophecy that when the woman in white, Marta Astros, and when the woman in red, Archer Marin, get along, then peace will start to be restored to the land. And Walter Marsh falls madly in love with Archer Marin, and she does with him. But then... Archer, like, as Walter Marsh, as everyone calls him Marsh, by the way, as Marsh becomes progressively more batty, I suppose. Like, more like, I don't know, maybe batty's not the right word. But um, as he progressively becomes more like, I will dominate the Earth, Archer decides, like, um, yeah, I'm gonna peace out right now. And she, she dies, essentially. It, for all Walter Marsh knows, for all Marsh knows, for all intents and purposes, she's gone. And everyone thinks that she's gone, and they have this nice funeral, and Marsh just kind of goes a little more off the deep end. And so he starts doing research on how to take down both the empire and the rebellion and do a better make a better world and that's kind of where he's at at the beginning of lavender and scissors in the first play he's kind of like a double agent but for no one but himself so he's like hey i'm a nice rebellion leader and then um he starts moonlighting as this dude named nobody lives in a cave and comes up from a cave near Sunday. There's a town called Sunday, and it's based. I named the town Sunday because Sunday Bloody Sunday by U2, one of the best songs, and I love it. So there's a town called Sunday, and he he lives. He like hops back and forth between the rebel base and the town called Sunday, and um, moonlights is this guy who goes by nobody. And as he does his research on how to take over the world, he um, manages to cover the world in darkness for several weeks. And it starts snowing in the desert, which greatly alarms the citizens of the desert towns. Until, like, Tara, who has been doing research of her own, Tara Celine mentioned previously in... Um, Lavender and Scissors Revisited was the first one, I believe, that she was mentioned in. And um, she's been doing research on her own, figures out how the God Emperor died, and decides to take it upon herself to use her mad assassin skills and take down Marsh. Now, Marsh is, after Marsh is taken care of, the world is like, ah, oh, yeah, finally, peace on Earth. The Empire and the Rebellion are getting along. And then, um... So there are these aliens. And they come to the planet. And they're like, hey, um, in exchange for helping the Rebellion out, we will stay for... We will get what we need to win our own civil war. And it turns out that something followed them. They call her a rift bearer because she is like she can 
she's basically like this black entity, like blackness, like pure darkness. And she feeds on entire worlds. Now, they thought that they had like nuked her system from orbit, her entire planetary system, but they only really managed to bring her down to a smaller size and start her over from the beginning. And she follows them to Gaia, where she begins to take over the world. And now, I was, this is about brainstorming and speculation at this point. Terra is going through Marsha's papers in the Cavern of the Gods where he lived. And he, and she finds out that he has been doing research on the Rift Bearer. And possibly, possibly called the Rift Bearer herself. And, um, so she learns that after parsing through all of Marsha's work and having Hanno help her, Hanno is another character. I might do a segment on Hanno soon. Uh, actually, let me write this down because this needs to happen. Yes, it's written down now. It is written. It is law. And um, so she discovers, like, one major thing about Walter Marsh's research is that the Rift Bearer hates licorice. And there's only one person on this world who knows what licorice even is, and this is Cormand McDowell himself. And so when he learns of it, when he learns that the Rift Bearer hates licorice, he almost loses his lunch. Because he hates licorice too, because his mother, actually the princess of the planet that the aliens are from, sent him with licorice to school every day. And he ended up selling it for quite a hefty profit because he hated it so much. And so finally they start to do research on how to grow licorice, because licorice is indeed a root. So they discover that licorice is extinct anywhere they can remember it. With the exception of... And, like, there are several licorice-type things that'll still grow, namely fennel and anise. And fennel and anise have very similar tastes and also taste very similar to licorice. And I included... I want to include fennel and anise because it's something that reminds me of my dad. I remember we were cooking once and he was throwing anise into like a pasta sauce or a chili or something. And he's like, hey, taste this. And so I ended up, he ended up giving me a couple little anise seeds and some fennel seeds. And he was like, yeah, hey, these are awesome. And I'm like, yeah, this tastes like licorice. And so it's kind of a special homage to him that I put licorice and fennel in the, I'm going to probably put licorice and fennel in the play. And so... Marsh, who seems like a good-for-nothing human, half-god, half-human person, um, evil half-god, half-human person, actually had a few good tricks up his sleeve. Thanks, Marsh. And, I don't know, that needs to be a hashtag now. But in any case, this is Persephone Jam, and this is the Candy for Trees podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, in case you didn't know, I have a Patreon, and if you join the Patreon, you get special behind-the-scenes looks at whatever I'm doing, and if you join now for a limited time, 
I will improvise a song for you. Yes, you. And this is if you join any tier. So if you enjoy the podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Again, this is Persephone Jam, and you're tuned in to the Candy for Trees podcast. I will see you tomorrow. Thank you.